It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. PHNX Daily Bet Show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave a five-star review. I'm Shane Diefenbach, joined as always by Johnny Venerable and the analytics animal himself, Dalton Cates. How are we doing, Dalton? Great. Happy to be on with you guys. Love it. Nothing like Synthwave on a Wednesday afternoon, man. It just makes you feel special inside. Oh, yeah. 24 hours till draft day. Yep. Makes makes you feel good. It's exciting. Best best time of the year, in my opinion. Johnny, how are you feeling? I agree with that. Uh, I think that this has a chance to be one of our best shows of the year. I tweeted that out. Uh, the draft props on the DraftKings Sportsbook app are second to none. So much money to be made. If you just read the tea leaves, gentlemen, which we will do on this show today, uh, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, fired up. But before we get into that, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Phoenix Suns. Hey, everybody, they're fine. Chris Paul isn't injured. Devin Booker is going to be okay. The Suns aren't in shambles. Everyone relax. Pump the damn brakes. Um, it, it was my pep talk, I think, yesterday that did it on the show. Yeah, the pep talk where you said Chris Paul is washed. Mm. Get the walker out. <laughs> uh, I do just want to say something really fast. On um, on a couple shows ago, when we were talking about game four, people kind of came at us a little bit in the comments after the show was posted and said we were complaining about the refs. And not once did I say that that the, the game was swung by the refs. I, I pointed out the margin in free throws, and I said it could be because the the teams that are de- that need the win in the series are more desperate, so they get more aggressive. That was my reasoning, and I will stand by that. Um, I, but regardless, you never hear me talk about officials, so that wasn't me. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, the the Phoenix Suns obviously up three two now. Um, going into Game Six tomorrow, four thirty tip. Kind of strange. People are saying Book's going to be back. I don't see it happening. Johnny, do you think that they should play him if he's ready? If he's ready, yeah, because here's the thing. is I think we're going to see a prolonged series with the Utah Jazz, right? And so if that goes the entire length, I, I don't want Devin Booker rolling out for game one you know, completely cold. I think if he feels well enough to play, maybe don't start him. Maybe do the Steph Curry where you're just implementing him bits and pieces throughout the game put the foot on the gas in the fourth quarter. This is going to be a, a very difficult environment in game six for a Pelicans team that's really still playing with house money. Uh, I, I don't want to leave anything up to chance. We just talked about officials for a game seven. So yeah, hell yeah. If Devin Booker says he's ready. You can limit his minutes, but he needs to play. Well, everyone can relax. There will be no Scott Foster in game six. Um, oh Dalton, what do you think? As long as they don't get Scott Foster in game seven <laughs> or six, we'll be, we'll be all right. Hopefully it's not a game seven, but I think it's just like our, our main like role players um, are the big 
key, right? Yeah. Especially with like book out. It's like that's been the main factor in our first four games. Feels like our two wins have just been like Chris Paul driven wins. And yeah. then Bridges obviously like had to do his thing last night. But if we can get Cam Johnson back on track and campaign and Crowder start making some shots, Shamet like doing well. Yeah. Like, if we get one or two of those guys really start stepping up, like that'll help us immensely. Yeah. The uh the Mikhail stats, I'm sure everyone's already seen it. Um, they're just ridiculous. Um and campaign probably played the most chaotic minutes i've ever seen <laughs> in the nba in recent history uh so that was really fun but yeah good win nonetheless really excited um for the game tomorrow and of course we'll be talking about it right here on the phnx sports youtube channel but today is for the nfl draft day one tomorrow johnny we got a big thing planned tomorrow at the ainsworth restaurant the ainsworth restaurant not to be mistaken with the ainsworth hotel which is not a real place uh at the recording of the show right now 230 rsvps Holy hell, so we've increased max capacity. We cannot wait. CB1 for the Arizona Cardinals. Byron Murphy, among other Arizona Cardinals, will be there. Former and current Marcel Shipp, Frank Sanders, Damian Anderson, myself, Bo Brock, kicking off the coverage live at 5 o'clock, the NFL Draft. We will have wall-to-wall coverage not only tomorrow at the Ainsworth, but continuing throughout the weekend. It's going to be the biggest thing we do with this company to date. Do not miss it. RSVP, you can do it for free right now, but I want to, I want to let everybody know if you do not RSVP, and this is not me, Mr. Superiority, like get RSVP, you're on the list. Come and hang out. I, I don't think we're taking walk-ups, right? So you want to make sure nope. you get your name on the list to come hang out tomorrow. Shane and I are going to get there early. Shane's going to be doing a bunch of work. I'm not going to be doing anything, but I will be there if you want to come hang out beginning at 4 p.m. tomorrow. Draft starts at 5. Yep, very, very fired up for that. And I'm very fired up to bet on this draft. And that's something you can do on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's it, there's so many things available right now. Um, I'm addicted so to it. Some specials. Dalton, why don't you go first? What do you like, um, first of all, get, heading into tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, my favorite right now is just throwing some absolute long shots. Yeah, right I love now. That. Throwing darts. And I think you can start to really start to gather like a couple scenarios that play out. And, you know, if, you know, for example, if this player goes here this affects how something else happens and i think right now like walker's like pretty likely to go first overall so i feel comfortable like putting him first and then at two like i know a lot of people are talking about hutchinson almost mm-hmm. like as kind of the guy there but th- there's a lot of steam right now apparently brad holmes does like thibodeau lions got a real good look at him last year because they drafted penny sewell who's mm-hmm. like his best friend went to oregon so apparently they they've liked him for a while um, so I would not be shocked whatsoever to see Thibodeau go second overall. In that scenario, John McClain with the Texans is a beat writer there. Basically said, if Walker Hutchinson falls to three, they're going to like run up to the board. Like I'm not be shocked yeah. there. So like in this scenario that Thibodeau does go two, it's very likely that Hutchinson goes, Hutchinson goes three. And now you're sitting a scenario at four and Connor Hughes, um, with the Jets, um, beat writer there basically has like hinted that, you know, Iki Aquano could be a guy there. He basically is saying that. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is not an option, so I'm kind of ruling that out there. Um, he's also went on a limb to say that the Jets are not taking a cornerback with one of their two picks, um, which I found very interesting. So it kind of narrows the field down to either someone like Iki Aquano, which is the only like tackle they would consider mm-hmm. at that spot, Jermaine Johnson at four, or like a wide receiver. But it seems like much more, you know, split between Aquano and Jermaine Johnson. So. 25 to 1. If Walker goes one and Thibodeau goes two, I think this is very well, yeah. like very well in play. And right now, Thibodeau is like three to one to go second overall. So you're getting really great odds on this. 
And also, like I mentioned that, but Jermaine Johnson is also 40 to 1. So if you want to do that instead of Equanu at 25 to 1, you can do both of them. I've, I've played both of them as well. So you get Jermaine Johnson at 40 to 1 for the fourth overall pick right there. Um, in the scenario Thibodeau goes to, I think that's one of those two. Yeah. Hit. <laughs> that's a fun uh, rationale. I just can't see somebody like Dan Campbell taking Thibodeau at 2. When, when you question his work ethic and his <laughs> love for football, and then there's somebody like Hutchinson in his backyard. They're just they're they're married for each other. They're 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 going to be lifelong partners in Detroit. I just feel like <laughs> they are gifted Hutchinson from it. from the inept, incompetent Jaguars. I think Trayvon Walker is a, a good player. I don't think he's on the level of Hutchinson. But Jags are going to jag. They're going to take Walker first overall. It's all but predetermined. They're going to take all of the ten minutes. I and Dan Campbell and company, as much as I, I like your rationale of Panay Sewell and, and Thibodeau being buddies from, from their time at Oregon, I just go back to the fact that when was the last time we've seen an Oregon edge rusher pan out the, at the NFL level? They always bust in the top yeah, 10. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Huge miss, right? So I think Hutchinson is the pick. I, I, I go back to, okay, the Houston Texans need everything. My, one of my most tasty picks, if we can look at some of my props here, Leah, is – you look at, and I don't even think I put this one up here. Well, it's on the, the Houston Texans, Houston Texans taking Evan Neal's the first yeah. offensive player, like that. That is not a reach by any stretch of the imagination. I like Icky. I don't yeah. know if he's leaps and bounds better than a tackle that started in the SEC that played through COVID in the SEC championship game two years ago. I could just see Lovey Smith and company falling in love with Evan Neal who, by the way, is the most cut-up 330-pound player I've ever seen in my life. The fact that there is that much disparity between Evan Neal and Charles Cross and Icky for the first defensive player, or excuse me, offensive player drafted is insane. That's insane odds at plus 350. Throw 10 bucks on that. That, that is one of my favorites because we don't know definitively what Houston's going to do. Although, to my man's point, if the Lions do go Thibodeau at two and the Houston Texans opt to go with a defensive end, then Hutchinson at three, then it makes it all the more interesting. What do the Jets do? And I think you're right. I think offensive and defensive line seem like the, the logical play there. I just do not see a scenario in which we see four defensive ends go with the first four pits. That would be insane. It's going to be a bread and butter top 10 of offensive defensive linemen in, in rotation. I'm with you. I think these cornerbacks while I like Stingley Jr., which is one of my pops to go in the top seven, I think they're all grossly overvalued. As with these receivers, there's no Jamar Chase. I don't even think there's a, a waddle, so to speak. If Jamison Williams is healthy, I think he's a top 10 lock. But I think it, you're just you're throwing shit at the wall which defensive and offensive tackle are going to be picked first. That that's that's what this comes down to. Yeah. Uh so before we get more into it, I did just want to let people know. Um DraftKings Sportsbook app not only has all of these props available, like updated. Uh, Dalton was getting pissed earlier because he was looking. They kept changing because it's <laughs> so damn fast. It's safe. It's secure. It's reliable. You can live bet whenever you want. And best of all, it just adds a little bit of oomph to the action that you're watching. Um, new customers uh, can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game in the playoffs. Get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. But if you're not a new member, that's okay. Uh, you can place the same game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 back if one of the legs doesn't hit. Um, so, yeah, combine multiple bets for a bigger payout, and it's risk-free. So download it today. Use that promo code PHNX when you sign up. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs. Get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21-plus, Arizona-only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook. 
or more details. Okay, now it's my turn. Let's get no, into... I haven't wrapped up my props yet. No, but we're 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 going in a circle. We've moved, we've moved on. Okay. Yeah, we've moved on. Um, well, let's get to my first one. Uh, we talked about corners. I think that the Jets take a swing at Sauce at four. Uh, I think it's might be my a best player available kind of thing. I, I could just see the Jets doing something like this, and if not. Who knows what could happen? So I'm taking his under five and a half. Somebody might trade up. And Kyle Hamilton's the same thing for me. I think it's the best player available situation. I think if a couple teams in the nine or 11 range see that he's there, you know, they might say, I don't know what, what we need. If it's worth reaching for, let's go with best player available. And Kyle Hamilton was the guy that was talked about being the first overall pick earlier in the year, being a top five guy a couple months ago. And now it's 12 and a half. Um, and then this is gross. Maturing is realizing that Desmond Ritter not, might not be as bad as I think he is. I hate Cincinnati quarterbacks. I hate Cincinnati as a school. But from what I'm hearing, Desmond Ritter has a lot of what – I don't know how to describe it. It's the gross high floor thing that they always go for. So I can see him being the second quarterback selected, see Kenny Pickett sliding, um, and getting plus 400 on that is juicy. So I'm taking that to the bank. So I'm hearing Desmond Ritter could be a potential trade back into the first round option for the Seattle Seahawks, not with the Arizona Cardinals, but they want that fifth year option. I could definitely see that. Assuming Malik Willis goes as the first quarterback, if if people are souring on Kenny Pickett's tiny hands, right? If you're not buying Matt Corral or the kid from UNC to go until day two, I, I don't think there's any because with Desmond, you get the mobility with with nobody else other than Malik, right? And I think the the issues with his arm strength are are overblown. If I'm a fan of the Steelers, of the Seahawks, I would much rather take a swing on Desmond Ritter than anybody other than Malik Willis. So I don't hate that at all. Yeah, no, I actually actually agree with that too. Is he's crushed like the you know the interview process and teams have been blown away by him. Like a lot of teams do have first first round grades on him. So I wouldn't be shocked. Like there's teams like the Titans too that are have mm-hmm. done a lot of work on quarterbacks. Especially let's say like Willis goes first quarterback and the Steelers are sitting there at twenty. Like they've done a lot of work too. Like they could easily go Ritter. Um, I think Pickett really has a few like a very few scenarios in which he goes early. I think the Panthers, the Saints, and the Saints. The and Saints like, is this, Kenny Pickett to the Saints is the most Saints move I've ever heard. Right, but it's like it's like yeah. outside of that, like you can really make cases for why Pickett could fall like even mm-hmm. into the 20s too and in that scenario like you're getting plus 400 for Ritter I kind of I kind of actually like that to be honest yeah um the the other thing with Malik is does somebody I'm hearing trading up for Malik did you how I know Johnny you have a prop on this what do you think about that I don't think he goes in the top 10 so if somebody's trading up I think it's it's a New Orleans with you know, they're, they're, they're multiple picks, not necessarily with both of their firsts. Um, we know that this is this is de- definitive that the Steelers and Mike Tomlin are infatuated with Malik Willis. It, dating back to their time, they spent so much time together at the Combine. That is the one scenario if we see Pittsburgh trade up, even to have him sit behind Mitch Trubisky for a year. Uh, if, I, if I'm a Steelers fan, that's best case scenario because if you take Kenny Pickett wherever they're picking 18, 19, that's, that's, that's just a terrible, terrible. I don't care if he's a hometown kid or not. I feel like there are teams in the early teens that that would like to trade back, most notably Houston at 13, who got that pick from Cleveland. They want to acquire more assets. You know Baltimore historically always loves to trade down. They're picking 14. You know, who knows with the commandos, the Jets um, at pick 10. I could also see if San Francisco gets pick 10 for Debo Samuel, I could see Kyle Shanahan company not wanting to lock themselves into pick 10 alone because if they don't get those two picks in the 30s, let's just say they get pick 10 for Debo they will be looking to trade down for, for more assets. I think that's a prime place for Pittsburgh to come up out of conference and take Malik Willis. 
Malik's sweet spot to me, even though I've got the over under, what is it, about 12 and a half, just because I don't I don't love the player to go that early. I still think, you know, Vegas has it. That's the sweet spot, 13 and a half. I, I'm going to go on the overside with a Baltimore, maybe with a Philadelphia, New Orleans. That starts the, the, the trajectory of the snowball effect with Malik Willis. Um, Dalton, I know you had a couple more as well. You want to talk about those now? Um, let's see. We have two or three more. Yeah, two more. Yeah. So one of my favorite ones right now is Drake London to be drafted before Kyle Hamilton. So there's a lot of talk that you know a team like the Falcons does like him. And if you look at that, like eight or like even I would say even potentially start at seven with the mm-hmm. Giants. Giants do have a wide receiver needed. I don't think it's being talked about enough. They could easily take a wide receiver. Falcons number one wide receiver right now is like. Olympic Zacchaeus or whatever so it is. It's, it's it's really bad. And then I think nine, not that Seattle would take a wide receiver, but I think it's a prime trade-up spot yeah. for a wide receiver because they do have a history of trading back. Seattle said this morning that they're getting a bunch of calls for trading exactly. back. Exactly, especially because the Jets have like like almost like made it known. You listen to all their beat writers. Everyone is plugged in. They're, they're mocking a wide receiver to one of their picks. Like there's no secret the Jets yeah. want a wide receiver. And if they aren't taking one at four, like – that's like such a prime trade up spot for a wide receiver. So you can see someone go there. And then the Jets themselves at 10 um, are in play for Drake London. And then you also look at 11 with the um, commanders. I mean, you look at the prop right now, they're like favorites to draft wide receiver right now. And then you look at 12, and I think Minnesota's a sneaky team. Um, O'Connell comes from the Rams. We're on 11 mm-hmm. personnel. They have Thielen, they have Jefferson, they have nobody else as a wide yep. receiver three. Thielen's getting older. Like that's a sneaky place also where London can go there. And you look at 13 2 with the Texans. So those are all scenarios where they where I think Drake London can go. Kyle Hamilton, I think once you get to the commanders at 11, I think it's where it starts getting interesting. I don't think the Jets want him. I would be shocked if he goes to the Giants. I think Atlanta's a real wild card at eight, and I think. Seattle can do anything like yeah. nobody knows. I mean, like if Seattle took a safety, I'd be <laughs> yeah. I mean, blown so, away. So, so that's the thing. Is I think I think it's a lot more outs for London in yeah. that like seven to like 12, 13 range, um, where I think maybe there's not as much for Hamilton, and I think there's a lot more action and um aggressiveness from teams to get up there, take wide receivers, take two, three guys in that in that range. Um, and I think London's going to be one of those guys for sure. So, I do like that. Yeah. Um. And then Johnny, I know you had something else that the Cardinals to draft. Why do you think they're going to go wide receiver here? Okay, so I originally had it. So I wrote this down, offensive lineman plus 400, and then I got pissed because the line moved to plus 250. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to pivot over to wide receiver here. I do think that it's going to be an offensive player. Mm -hmm. So Peter Schrager um, has nailed the Cardinals' last two picks with Isaiah Simmons two years ago, nailed Zayvon Collins last year. And um, all the people that I know that are extremely plugged in, like I'm always asking, like, who are people I need to watch out for when they're creating mock drafts and those specific teams? And Peter Schrager is always one of the top guys. Like Peter Schrager to the Cardinals is always one of the top names to keep an eye on. Like, and I basically like these buddies with Cliff. Like, they're they're very close. Yeah, ba- they're basically like just bet whatever Schrager does. And in his latest mock draft, he basically went out and said, um, "I do not see the Cardinals." taking a defensive player for the third year in a row. So that kind of whittles us down for like a wide receiver offensive lineman. Um, in his in his mock draft, he just said Zion Johnson there at 23. The previous one before he had Jahan Dotson. I do think um, if Traylon Burks is there at 23, that's someone they consider. Um, Jahan Dotson, I think, is also in that consideration as well. I think if Burks is gone, they might pivot to offensive line, but I think Burks is definitely like in that range there. And coming out of school i know kaim really like some big guys like Nikhil harry aj brown who 
kind of fits somewhat in that similar mold, especially like AJ Brown is kind of like somewhat of a similar comp for um, uh, Traylon Burke. So I think that that is somebody that, you know, Steve Kahn could definitely covet at 23. They would love to trade down from 23. There's a report this morning that they, the Packers, the Chiefs are all doing their homework on, on George Pickens. I don't know if I buy that just because of the off the field stuff with yeah. him. Um, but that is their redux, their redo for passing on DK Metcalf once upon a time. They project as almost the same kind of player with the elite physical traits and the you know minimal college production. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Cardinal fans want an offensive player. I just don't think the value from a defensive standpoint is is going to be there. They, I, I think mm-hmm. they would like a defensive end or a defensive tackle. But after Jordan Davis goes and and these all these edge rushers are going top ten to twelve, like. It's not going to be the value is not going to be there. Yeah. They're linked to Logan Hall out of Houston. I think that's more of a day two pick, maybe a trade up option. I'm with you. I, I think you can't go wrong right now. Offensive line in the past 24 hours has leapfrogged defensive back as a, mm-hmm. as the second highest favorite for the Cardinals. Wide yeah. receiver, as you mentioned, 225. Offensive lines at 250. I think either wherever you want to put your money, that's fine. The options are okay. Do you want the fifth, sixth, seventh best receiver? Right, because that's what you're going to probably get. Mm-hmm. Or do you want the first or second best interior offensive lineman? And that's yeah. either going to be Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green at Texas A&M. Yeah. They've had a private workout with Kenyon Green. We know their infatuation with 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 big uh, interior offensive linemen. They haven't taken one though this high since Jonathan Cooper, seventh overall in Kimes' first draft back in 2013, and they got burned for that. Do they do they dip their toe into those waters again? I think their preference, to your point would be to take a receiver. They want to take a receiver. They know the value of that position, how much it costs now, good hell, after Christian Kirk's contract to mm. lock them up. Every offseason, there are guards available to go and sign, plug-and-play guys. They could get another Justin Pugh-esque player. The issue is, every mock draft that I'm seeing now, it's whittled down to the point where, unless you're, they love Johan Doxson, who, who can play outside, that's what he played at Penn State, they're going to have to talk themselves into a, a fifth or a sixth receiver. I would take a receiver, I would t- take Burks, or Dotson, or whomever, but I could see them saying themselves, looking at their board and saying, shit, Zion Johnson is just a much better player than Johan Dotson, even though he plays a position that is much more valuable, that being Dotson. So I would I would put the money on O-line right now, but, I mean, it, it's everybody's preference. Cardinal fans want a wideout. I just, this, this year, we could see a seven or eight go in the first round alone. So 23 is a long time. But here's what you have to remember, and I'll end on this. If they don't take one at 23, you're getting scraps at 55. You could get a guard at 55, right? You could take one of the Georgia kids interior offensive linemen at 55. You don't take a receiver at 23, you're done. You're not getting anybody of note. You're getting a developmental player that's really not going to make an impact next year. That's what's going to happen. So you mentioned that you can't miss out on wide receivers in the first round. The over-under right now on DraftKings is, I think, six and a half receivers to be taken in the first round. What are you doing with that? I got it at five and a half, and I think six and a half is a pretty good line to where it's tough where – I think Dotson is probably the sixth guy in there. And then if you're making a case for a seventh, are you talking about Christian Watson? George Pickens now becomes mm-hmm. tougher because of the off-the-field concerns. Sky Moore maybe sneaks in there. So um, I don't know. It's it's a little tough for me to kind of pinpoint that seventh guy and who it's going to be. But I think six comfortably feels right. Yeah. And I, I would take the over. Just be look at the teams that have multiple first-round picks. The Packers, Kansas City, Philadelphia all needing receivers. Remember, Philadelphia tried to trade for Calvin Ridley earlier this offseason. W- weren't able to do the trade, right? I just It's a unique year where, number one, the receiver position it has never been more valuable. It's one of the deepest positions in this draft for high-end talent. And there's, there's so many question marks. We're going to see so much dis- disparency. 
between pick 20 and pick 40 because evals are going to be all over the place. I think for a lot of organizations, it's just easier to say, let's just take a receiver here. They're, they've never translated better to the NFL level. I, I, I would not defensive backs to me have kind of fallen in terms of value by the, by the wayside. Cause you can't touch anybody now with the, with the rule changes. So I, I'm tempted to say there could be seven first round receivers and it take up almost a third of the draft. Dalton, I know you have a prop on Dotson. Um, yeah. Why don't we get to his third slide here? Yeah, so I like Jahan Dotson under 30 and a half right now. Absolutely. Again, so you think he's it, that sixth guy? Yeah, I think I think pretty comfortably he's a sixth guy. And the market right now has like, it was at like minus 350, like over five and a half wide receivers like a couple of days ago before, before they moved it. Mm-hmm. And a reason I really like that is, you know, as Johnny mentioned, the team's ahead of that pick. So you got two um Packers picks you got two Chiefs picks you got a Cardinals pick you got Eagles I mean even I'm not sure that the Patriots do but they're also in the running too I think Titans are also a sneaky team the Bucks yep. also p- apparently have interest like there are so many ways and it seems it seems like the top four guys which would be Olave Jameson um you know London and Wilson are all probably going to be gone by like 17 so yeah. that leaves like Burks which seems like a pretty sure thing and then Who's that other guy? Like, again, with all these three wide receivers I mentioned that, like, Watson, Moore, Pickens, like, it's really hard to say, like, which one of those guys they seem like borderline. Dotson feels the most locked in out of those guys. Like, I think this is a great line right now to bet. Um, I would, I think it should be probably closer to like 26 and a half, 25 and a half. Um, and I think his line's going to continue to move down in the next 24 yep. hours, be closer to the draft. Like, I think this line is pretty, pretty bad, to be honest. He's an um, incredibly safe player for an organization to take and look at. Like, this is an Emmanuel Sanders kind of player where, yeah, maybe he's not making Pro Bowls every year, but we're going to get 800 to 1,200 yards consistently, high character. He's an outside receiver, too. At 5'10 and a half, like, he played most of his snaps outside. That's what teams look for. That's why Traylon Burks, who we love as a physical specimen, he projects inside. There, there are concerns like, could he fall out of the first round? I would take him, but Dotson seems like the safer pick. Yeah. Also, one more thing, too, is Penn State guys have done pretty well in the NFL. You look at Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson. KJ Hamler was like a like a mid-second round pick, and people thought he was not going to be picked that high. Obviously, he has like, you know, injuries and whatnot. And then you look at some of the running backs there, their skill positions, Miles Sanders, Saquon Barkley. Matt Gusecki, Pat Fryermuth, like basically all those guys have had production yeah. in the NFL. So yeah. it's one of those, it's one of those schools where NFL teams value like that type of stuff. They care about like, okay, well, like they're getting these players ready for the NFL. And basically all these guys have produced in the NFL in some capacity. So like I feel like they can kind of talk themselves into like the safety net of someone like Jahan Dawson because of that. So you also had Stanley going five. Yes, um, yes. Would that be to the Giants or does somebody trade up? The Giants. So so we know like I, I would be shocked if the Giants don't leave the draft with like Sauce Gardner or yeah, something. Like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It too. seems like that's a, a key position they want to attack. Um they come from Buffalo where they saw Tredavious White mm-hmm. and how he's able to help transform that defense. Um and in weak Martingale system, like you need a you need a quarterback that can really help things out of it. I think I think they like Sauce Gardner, but the thing is like there's so many different scenarios at play in which chaos can happen. Like we project something to happen, but there's a reason why the best mock draft ever has only gotten like half the picks correct. Yeah. And that was, that was last year in a, in a draft in which we kind of had an idea yeah. what was going to happen. This draft could go off the wall. So mm-hmm. I think taking long shots like that, where we know a, there's a positional need 
and B, this guy is going somewhat in that range at mm-hmm. 20 to one. Like I, I I'm okay with that. Like you, you just need to win like 5% of the time and you're, you're making money on that. So um, there's a lot of scenarios in which Stingley does fall. I think, I think he's certainly at like in the conversation right now for three overall to the Texans. But again, Thibodeau goes two. Like that pushes him down. And if the Giants do prefer Stingley to Sauce, like you go ahead and take him there. And maybe if, you know, Texans take a cornerback like Sauce Gardner and, you know, six, the Panthers are prime trade out spot because they don't have a second. They don't have a third round pick. Scott Federer last year traded out four times. So you don't want to risk somebody trading up to six when you have Minnesota that needs a cornerback, potentially Seattle that you got the Chargers are in desperate need of a cornerback and apparently you're trying to get aggressive for somebody so you don't even want to risk that you could just take him at five there and just feel comfortable like there plus i feel like what you mentioned earlier with icky i don't think you really have to worry i mean the jets definitely could take one of them but to me it's like everything with makai backed in and that just that yeah. whole weird situation yeah. on their line like yeah i, I don't I, I i just see them taking a, a, a lineman at four and then they have 10 and that leads me into my last prop um jameson williams uh i think that's where he falls let's go i think he gets to, i think he gets in the top 10 um johnny i'm sorry i know you're really high on him um i mean if that if that line's right at minus 125 i can't even get excited because it's it, he doesn't fall into the teens we're just it, yeah. i'd rather that happen and not have my heart broken this has moved a lot and i i, I really just think it's just, oh yeah there's no way he doesn't and then this is just a fun one mr relevant Give me an offensive player or a kicker. Last <laughs> pick overall. Give me a kicker. I wish I could just bet on a kicker straight up being taken last overall. Um, so I'm sprinkling a little bit on that because why not? I think a Ryan Suckup was a, was a Mr. Relevant kicker. So mm-hmm. there you go. Johnny, you'd be a good kicker. You got a kicker body. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, it's Pat been a pleasure. Was a punter. <laughs> it's been a pleasure as always. Just a reminder, Johnny, myself, and the whole PHNX Cardinals crew along with Byron Murphy will be at the Ainsworth Tomorrow, Johnny, you want to give the spiel one more time? Yeah, tomorrow at the Ainsworth Restaurant in downtown Phoenix, starting at 4 p.m., RSVP right now. If you don't RSVP, you can't come in. We want to hang out with you. PHNX Cardinals Live, myself, Damon Anderson, Frank Sanders, Bo Brock. We're flying him in, baby. He'll be in the house. We're going to celebrate. Regardless of what happens, come out, enjoy some good food, some fun, some PHNX family. Byron Murphy, CB1 will be there. Maybe some surprises are in order. You don't want to miss it tomorrow at the Ainsworth, 4 p.m. Yep, uh, we will be live tomorrow at noon, as always, Monday through Friday, right here on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. You can follow me on Twitter at Shane D. If you can follow Dalton on Twitter at Dalton Guru FF. You can follow the show on Twitter at PHNX underscore bets, and you can follow Johnny on Twitter at Johnny Venerable. As I said, we'll be back tomorrow to talk some Suns basketball. Peace, love, and PRA.